Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 254. I'm your host, Blaine Putvang. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good afternoon. And Treg Wilson. Good afternoon. It feels like we did 250 like months ago. Well, you know, with, with everybody here, you know, on courses, getting ready for deployments. I'm just saying, yeah. you said 254. It's like, really? Like we did 250 like, like six three months two ago, weeks ago. We? It was, oh, was it? Two, okay. two and a half, yeah. Oh, felt felt like a two months ago. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, time time does go by slow when you don't have playoffs. Yeah, it's true. True. Now we know how the Leafs fans feel every year. And so far, all my predictions on ESPN are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> every team I picked lost. <laughs> lost the first game. So yeah. so anybody who's using this to make bets, wait for Treg's picks and go <laughs> the other way. Except for Colorado, Colorado won. So I'll I get mean, that that's like saying, "Yeah, I'm going to bet on the small guy to beat up those twelve really big guys." Yeah, true, true. It's a big payout, but chances are you're not going to have it. All right, so uh, this episode is our. We're going to talk about the playoffs, but we're going to kick it off with a little bit of housekeeping around the Canadians. So, in the last couple of days since our last episode. It has come out now, uh, Darren Drager spoke about it on TSN 690, that the Shea Weber contract was a hair away from being traded at the deadline, but there was some issues with the paperwork. Did I get that right? Uh, there was more paperwork that needed to be filled out and signed before it could go off. They just didn't have enough time. I guess lawyers got to get involved and all that kind of stuff, so they didn't have enough yeah. time to do it by the deadline insurance uh, it, i think it was an insurance yeah, thing yeah it sounds to me like there's a deal with arizona it's just a matter of getting it done in the off season i i, I that's what i think like don't i don't have any i'm not an insider i don't have any shay weber's second cousin's sister's uncle never said anything to me so. you didn't talk to the cleaner that walks by his house on occasion no no i didn't so the paper boy commented to me but i don't know how much he really knows but so anyway, so basically what it was is they had a deal in place with Arizona to trade Weber's contract. The problem was, is the lawyers and the insurance had, there was a lot more paperwork that had to be done and it, they wouldn't have gotten it done by the deadline. So Arizona went with, uh, I don't Brian know. Little. Yeah. Then went with Winnipeg and got, got Little's, like a Little's contract, but they still got lots of room to bring in 
Weber's contract in the off seasons. If they and really for want. a team for a team that only has three thousand to five thousand seats at their rink next year, they're not going to be bringing in a ton of money. So, well, the ticket big... prices are are through the roof for those three to five thousand tick uh, well uh, seats. So the good yeah, news they're... is the roof's not that high. Yeah, the thing is that they're not even going to sell that out. No. no, like the ticket prices are outrageous. Like they're one hundred and thirty-five dollars for cheap seat or something like that. Like yeah, five hundred bucks prices. for low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the the seats nearest the glass, I'd say lower bowl. But there isn't one. Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna need. They're, they're gonna need. They're gonna need this contract. Like they've yeah. got uh, with the UFAs they have. Like I know that they don't have any massive superstars that are going to be UFAs, but you look at some of the money they're paying guys right now in Castle at six point eight, Erickson at six. Uh, Beagle and Roussel both making three apiece. These are all guys that are going to be off the books. And uh, with the RFAs they have coming up, it's just, I, I feel really bad for any prospect that gets picked by the, the, this organization because these guys are coming in and expecting to be an NHL hockey player and they're playing in an arena smaller than smaller than maybe where they, where they played junior hockey. Well, Logan it's Cooley should be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, going, he's, he's used to playing and yeah. he's going to go play in the NCAA anyway, Yeah, no matter who picks him. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, they're picking the right time to bring it to move to a small rink because they're purposely tanking for the next couple of years. So they're not really going to be drawing a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're really banking on that Tucson plan for the new rink to kick in because if it doesn't happen, this team's moving. It has to. It has now to. Have, it. It, oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. I'm just saying the NHL can't continue to to uh, keep this team afloat. No. Well, if you look at a certain player's contract in the NHL, superstar player. I know. I know that that's what they're probably banking on that, doing. That's like, what they're banking on. Like when they moved, they like when you know we're getting a little bit off topic. When like when Gretzky went to California, it really built up the hockey. California. It built up California hockey market and now it's an exciting place to play hockey and players want to go there. And uh, we've seen some very good teams come out of that. It's just, it's never taken off in the desert. But if a certain Arizona player, that's true. true. His contract is up the year they're supposed to have the deal with the Tucson arena. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Toronto won't keep him, but it, you're talking about an Arizona born player, born player. Yes. Austin Matthews, who I'm talking about. Let, yeah. let, let, let's not uh, beat <laughs> Cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. So <laughs> I truly believe their plan, whether it's going to work or not, I don't know. Cause maybe he won't want to go to Arizona. Who knows? Like, he, yeah. but I think what they're banking on and what Gary Bettman's banking on, cause this is Gary Bettman's baby yeah. um, is that he goes back home. He's that superstar elite player that's going to bring in the fans. They get the deal with Tucson and they get hockey in the desert. Um, Vegas has proven it works in the desert. Yep. Uh, but Arizona, Arizona is just not, it's not a hockey place. I'm sorry. It's just not. And if they don't get an Austin Matthews type player, I don't think, I don't see the deal in Tucson working. I really don't. No. Because who's going to draw them? Oh, well. They're going to take uh, Shea Weber's contract. That'll help the Canadians who are really hard pressed on the cap for next season. So win-win. Um, the next little piece of business is uh, today as we record, it's uh, Wednesday, February 4th. Um, 
And Kent Hughes went on to 919 Sports, French language sports radio show in Quebec. And I got uh, I found this from Luc Janina uh, out of RDS. I didn't hear it live. I went back to listen to it after. But the translation I got from Luc Janina's post was that Kent Hughes had said, and I quote, we have no one in our organization that has shown they can be a number one in the NHL. Now, I went back and listened to the French language show with Kent Hughes, and he did say that, but it was in the context of we don't have, without price, we don't have anyone next year that could step in and be that clear cut number one goalie next year. Now, he's not saying Primo's not good enough in the future. He's not, he's, all he's saying is that. Jake Allen is limited. He needs a tandem. They don't have a number one. And he did not say he's going out to find one, but just the fact that the issues around price are something that's really hampering the team and it's planning for next season. Well, I did. Well, I did an article a few weeks ago about five goalies that could replace Mm -hmm. Gary Price if he couldn't come back. Uh, they were all UFA goalies. Uh, well, Samsonov, not, but I mean, you had Samsonov, you have options. Huso is a UFA. Uh, Flurry, of course, but I don't think Flurry is going to come to Canada. Uh, I don't even remember who I put in, but Samsonov, uh, Huso, Flurry had Allen in there because he's going to be on the team anyway. And I believe the other one was, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look, but the problem is, is they don't know what's going on with Carey Price. So you can't really go out and get a UFA goalie, like someone like Huso, who's probably going to ask for quite a bit of money next year because let's he, say four and a half. Four and a half, because he stole the number one job for Bennington, and he's pretty much a big, huge reason why St. Louis is in the playoffs right now. Um, he, yeah, he's going to ask for about four and a half million. So now you have two and a half on Allen, ten and a half on Price, and you want to go spend four and a half on this other goalie. So now you're putting almost $20 million into your goaltending. That's a lot of money for, you know. If you knew if you knew that Price was not coming back or couldn't play next yes, year, definitely. then sure. Yeah, because you can yeah. put him on LTIR and mm-hmm. no, no concern. But, but you have this whole Price wants to come back next year. Yeah. He's not sure if he's coming. And that's, that's the issue with I have with the whole Price thing. I don't care if Price comes back or not. Well, I do. Don't get me wrong. But I want to know. If he's come, if I were the GM of Montreal, I'd be like, we need to know if we can build around you, or if this is going to be it. There's, we can't have this whole, unless they really want to rebuild and they're they're looking to, we'll say tank. I don't like the word tank because I don't think teams actually tank. They just don't build to be successful. Uh, if they really want to say, all right, we want two or three years where we finish near the bottom and get some good draft picks and build from there, then fine. Who cares if Price comes back or not? Because they don't care if they win or not. But Hughes and Gordon have been talking out of both sides of their mouths all year long. Well, they don't want to They don't want to tip their hand. <laughs> they don't want to tip their hand, but they also want to be more transparent. They're saying they want to be They want to be aggressive in the free agent market. Well, they can't. You can't be aggressive. That, that would, not with the cap you have, unless you're getting rid of a whole shit ton of money. Yeah, but it, <laughs> there's there's transparent and then there's just 
being stupid and telling everybody every thought that drops out of your head. I get that, but they they're saying they they don't look at them being much better next year, one month. Then the next month they're saying they're going to be aggressive in the free agent and they want to get a superstar free agent if they're going to get one. Well, you can't do both. I have some <laughs> thoughts on that, but Matt, what do you what do you have? I mean, they're going on the same boat as Trey. I'd love to see Carey Price come back. However, we can't see another situation this year where the uncertainty is there throughout the whole year. And it's just, we're hoping he comes back. We're hoping he comes back. We're hoping he comes back. And then they have to just kind of play the goalie carousel and rely on Allen. And that's not like, I'm a big Jake Allen fan. It's just, he's not a guy that is going to come in and be able to play 60 games for it. He's a tandem guy. He's a guy. Right. He is, he is a tandem guy. So with, with Treg's article that he wrote, um, I, I, I agree with him that somebody is going to have to come in if price can't, uh, can't play yeah. and, 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 and eat some of those minutes. And we're not going to have to rely on pulling goalies like Primo out of the, uh, out of the AHL where he's clearly not ready to, to, to play yet. I agree. I agree. And it hurts Primo's developing. And it hurts, hurts, and it hurts, hurts. His, and it hurts his development. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I know that the, the big fish on the goaltending market, um, you're going to be looking at a guy like uh, Camfer. You're looking at Samsonov, who's an RFA. Yeah, Grigoriev is an RFA. You've got uh, Huso, who's an RFA. Uh, RFA, UFA, UFA. Okay, you got Huso. Um, for me, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to go towards more of a, uh, a tandem or you're going to see where you're going to see a, a split or if you're going to see someone that's going to be playing a little bit more than Allen and still have Allen as a backup role. Um, I'm looking at a guy, if they're just looking to give somebody a, another chance in a city, um, I'm looking at uh, maybe somebody like a um, uh, brain holding. Sure. Right now, Some, something like that, maybe a, maybe a Holtby, maybe a, uh, you know, a Martin Jones, that kind of, that kind of, uh, that kind of goaltender to, to, to bring in as a, as a tandem, but it's really going to depend on which way Hughes is going to want to um, steer this team. If he wants them to be competitive, it's going to all be, it's, it's all going to come down to uh, who he brings in as a goaltender. Now, um, when Hughes was making the comments about being a player on the UFA market and to make the team more competitive, it was just before price was starting to get back out and join the team. So the expectation at that point was that price was going to be back. He might not be able to handle the same load, but the, it was clear that the thought was price will come back. Allen will be there with them. They'll, ta- yep. they'll be a tandem. And then next season with those two, because they're two very solid goaltenders yep. uh, price, obviously being the elite one or the one that could reach elite levels even now. The thinking was with those two in net next season, they could go out and get someone because they have that cost certainty. They know who's going to be there, what their cap is. But now with all that uncertainty, they're not sure if price is ever going to be able to play again. So they're, I'd be, I would be shocked if it's anyone other than Allen and Montambo back next season. And they just let the kids play and see how things go. The problem is, if he wants a tandem goaltending, you can't have a tandem with Allen and Montebo. Montebo's just not that good. 
no, I a hundred percent agree, but with the cap situation as it Correct. is, yeah, yeah, they don't know because price could come back at any time during the season, then you'd have to put them back on the cap and you lose the other guy. And that brings me to my point. They need to know. Yes. They need to know what's going on with price. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Is he done? Is he not done? And I understand Price's point of view. Price is, yeah. in his mind, I'm not done. I'm not done playing hockey. I want to play more hockey. But from a GM point of view, you got to be like, well, you got to shit or get off the pot. Like, we got to know, you know, because we got to move forward. We got we to gotta build a team. And I agree right? with all of that. But yeah. with the case, the fact is it's Carey Price. He has been, yeah. Yeah. he's been the cornerstone of this franchise. I don't see an issue with them giving him one more season to try. Yeah. I I'm agree with that because yeah. I want, I want Connor Bedard, but. Um, <laughs> well, and that's the thing, either price comes back and you got price or the team's not going to do that well next year. And you got a shot at a top five pick. And, and what you said about when at the time they said, we want to go after free, if that makes sense. Cause if you have price, you're basically a playoff bubble team. If you get yeah. the right. If and then if you bring in those free agent superstars, you're a playoff team. So and once you're in the playoffs, you could make a cup a, final. Anything can happen, right? The Bergevin proved that point. Um, you never know. You might come back from a three-one deficit against the October favorite for the Stanley Cup every single year. <laughs> let's, be profe- let's be professional here, Blaine. But you're right, a professional. Uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. That's just for the hockey writers. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, and, and yeah, I see your point on that. I never really thought of that, but yeah, I see your point on that where they were kind of now. That's, they're looking that's at what like, muddies the water really. Yeah. The yeah. timing of it. Yeah. So uh, from there, I guess we'll move on to the playoffs. 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 What playoffs? Talk about Playoffs. Uh, we'll start in the West because that's the uh, it's more wide open. It's the wild, wild West. You know, you got to live up to those expectations. We'll start with the one obvious series and we're going to go with Colorado versus Nashville. Now to me, this is, we're already, this, the playoffs have already started. Na, uh, Colorado already has a one, nothing lead by a seven to two score in game one. I do not see this being, a long series, especially with Saros out injured. Nashville, they just don't have enough to really be a surprise at this point. I mean, I love uh, the defensive structure they have, but I don't think it's enough, not without a top-end goaltender. Well, with Saros hurt injured, they, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think Riddick, is it Riddick that's a... Yeah, I don't think he can. Well, he proved game one that their Colorado's just too strong. Well, I mean, look at the strong. look at the offense they have there. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, uh, Nashville, you might get one game, but uh, I'm going with Colorado in six or five. Sorry, Colorado. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going to say Colorado in four. Um, mm-hmm. They they don't have. Um, you, if, if they need to rely on Riddick and Ingram. Um, when you would like they, the thing is like they relied on Saros so heavy throughout the year he played six played 67 games and he he put up some really good numbers um and they had some top end scoring from uh you know a guy that's likely going to win the Norris trophy in uh, in Yossi but um 
he he can only do so much and 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 you know Duchesne had a career year, Forsberg had a career year, etc. But um, they can't they can't just rely on those players and and the goaltending is going to end up being the Achilles heel that's going to take them out of the series. You know what? If Nashville was up against a different team, one that yeah. was a little bit lower in the standings, yes, and not a powerhouse, they would I have agree. a shot. But this is I, I agree. And the fact that they got Gabriel Aniscog back and everything, yeah. um, it's not gonna it's not gonna help their chances at all. Bowen Byron is um, back and, yeah. yeah, and playoff legend Arturi Arturi Lekinen. Who scored in that game, by the way. Who did? His 12 goals since going to Colorado. That's right. Including including the playoff goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it he's he's a perfect fit for what they were doing. Yep, yep, good for him. Yep, yep. yeah. Uh, honestly, Colorado is my Stanley Cup pick this year. As they as they should be, as as they should be. I think goaltending is going to be their. How far is uh, Kemper? Kemper going to take him? Yeah, if he stays healthy, he'll, he'll be able to do it. He's an upgrade he's, to Grubauer. He's an upgrade to Grubauer. Yeah, so, yeah, but he's got the yeah. he's got the support in front of him. That's if right. you if yeah. you if you've got a team that can that can punch out five to seven goals a game, I don't know if that's going to last much into the playoffs. But but, the, yes. but they're but they're a team they're, they're a team that you're, they're going to score probably at least three four goals a game. Yeah, and the fact that uh, their defense has really um, um, been upgraded, and some of these guys have taken that extra step um, to in their development, I I, I think that uh, yeah they should they should be. On paper, yeah. the team that go to the Cup final from the, the West. If Michael Layton can take Philadelphia Flyers to the Stanley Cup finals, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kempfer can take Colorado. That's right. He just needs. He doesn't need to be outstanding. He just needs to be solid. Yes, yep. you know, agree. You give up one banana or less per game. Yep. Um. And, and honestly, this is Colorado is a team also that they're they've been they've been working towards this for a while. They've gone to the playoffs. They've had tough series. They've been kicked in the nuts like last season against Vegas. That's a series they should have won, but ended up losing. Now that experience added with the skill that they have really kind of pushes them over the top for me in the West. Yeah. And especially without Saros and you're relying mostly on Yossi, who honestly is my, also my pick for Vesna. Could win the hurt. Yeah. He could. Yeah. He honestly. Could. But I don't think it's enough. I just don't. Um, so Colorado and five, in my opinion. Uh, the next series, we'll jump down to the Kings versus the Oilers. Now, the Kings won the first game with the uh, heroics of Philippe Deneau. And if you've been watching anything on French media, they have been doing nothing but say, what a mistake it was to let the man go. Well, Honestly, no, no. He's he would have a stayed in Montreal. Fit. They've been saying how much money we're wasting on him. Exactly. He goes to LA. He is the perfect fit behind yeah. Kopitar. Kopitar. And so now Kopitar can focus and, on offense. Yeah. And then when once Byfield and uh, who's their other center? Turcotte and Velarde. So once they start improving, he'll drop down to the third line and. Do what he does. And and there's nothing yep. wrong with what Phil, Do, Phil Deneau's game. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. I'm not downplaying Phil Deneau, but he's a third line. He's a he's a strong 2B center uh, or third line, top third line center. He's a Selkie candidate. He's usually in the yes. top five for the Selkie. Yes. And that's what 
for five and a half million bucks, six million that's bucks, that's perfect. Yeah. Especially when you have someone like Kopitar ahead of him. Yep. You know, point per game centerman. In yeah. Montreal, he would have felt like everybody else did. He would have had a crappy season. Yeah. And we everyone be complaining we're paying way too much for him and Gallagher. Yeah. The the titles would be overpaid for local. Yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. That's going to be a good series. series. It's going to be a very good series, yeah. Uh, I think the downfall in this might be Mike Smith. He's either going to win it or lose it for them. It's going to be one or the other. Uh, Mike Smith has been super hot going into the playoffs. He didn't have a great game last night. I think he's on a short lease. You might see Costin in. Um, But Peterson and Quick are not top end goalies anymore either so no no it this is one of those series where um you don't know what goalie is going to be in what net at any game it could be any of them yeah Yeah. but smith playing the puck he should be chained to the front of the net i mean how many giveaways did he have in that game and and his last one was the winning goal well he made a great save on the first initial shot and then gave it away again and then gave it away and the deno tipped in the shot and yeah. For the for the Kings, bringing in a guy like Deneau and then having Kopitar, if the Oilers split up the um, the line of uh, McDavid and Drysdale, it makes it that much easier on them. Because all they're going to do is really shut down those players. And um, Deneau, I thought, did a fantastic job in the in the first game. The thing with uh, with the Kings is going to be staying out of the penalty box and not giving these guys the space to be able to move around on the ice and uh bring out these you know these uh elite offensive players to uh to have all the space in the world but uh, the kings the kings can easily make it a rough season uh, rough series on these guys and uh if the refs arms stay down i think it's really going to uh affect the uh, oilers chances of winning the kings could the, the kings could pull an upset here i i i really think they could it could um and uh, don't uh, don't get me wrong, uh, Kopitar and Deneau as your top one two is great, but they are missing their entire top pairing of the defense, which is huge. It's going to be a, that's going to be a drain on them through the series. So I'm going to give this to the Oilers in six, maybe seven. I have Oilers in seven. Matt, I'll, I'll be different. Go with the Kings in six. Ooh, monster! You monster! All right. Uh, the next series, we're going to jump up to Calgary, Calgary and Dallas. So the first game was a one nothing win for Calgary. They're leading the series one nothing, and um, the the whole game was basically one giant punch to the face. <laughs> it was a it was a physical it was a physical game, and it was a, it was a uh, it was a an interesting game to watch. There was a lot of shit after the whistles, and I think this is just going to continue into the next game. Um, I hope so. You've got some, you know, another, another, uh, another team that's got a lot of high scorers on it and, um, but they've got great depth and they, they play physical. Their defense is very physical. They've got uh, a world-class goaltender in Markstrom. I think that uh, the flame should come out of this series. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I think Calgary is going to win this. They got, They've got too much. They're too deep. Uh, you add into Foley on top of that, playing on a third line with Monaghan. I mean, come on. 
Um, and you got uh, Sutter as their coach, who's just going to yeah. shut everything down in the yeah. playoffs. And he's a great playoff coach. I got the Flames in five. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. Flames I'm going to say, say six. I'm going to say Flames six. Flames in five as well. Because uh, Kachuk will probably get a suspension for a game, and that'll slow things down for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Dallas, they've got a great first line, but there's not enough depth there to beat Calgary, in my opinion. Yeah. And a big thing about the Kachuk, Kachuk, Gaudreau, and Lind- Lindholm have played the entire season together. They have never yes. been split up. All they, have great, they have great chemistry. Yeah. They do. Uh, now for the final series in the Western Conference, Minnesota versus St. Louis. This is going to be the most interesting series out West, in my opinion. You got two teams that seem to match up really well against each other, but for some reason, St. Louis has won pretty much every single game against St. Louis, uh, against Minnesota for the last three seasons. I predicted on another show, Minnesota in six, but after watching the first game, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. St. Louis played well. They, 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 they didn't give Minnesota the space that they needed to, uh, to, to do their thing. Uh, Flurry looked average. Um, so, but I'm kind of going to go with the experience of Flurry, and I'm going to go with the more talented team, which is Minnesota. Uh, but St. Louis has a more playoff hockey made team. As we talked about, like there's guys that get you there and guys that get you through it. They have the more playoff get you through type team. Uh, so it's going to be tough, but uh, I'm going to stick with Minnesota in seven. Matt? I'm looking at two teams that are very ev- evenly matched. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at some great depth and some physicality out of both sides, but, um, I want to go with St. Louis and six. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree there. I think St. Louis is going to be, um, the winner in this series. They've got nine 20 goal scorers. They've got the experience. Uh, they're, they're fairly healthy. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to St. Louis in six. Uh, all right. So. We're going to move on. We're going to go through this pretty quick. Uh, everyone's got schedules to keep, and I don't want to bore people too much with too long of a show. So we're going to move out east, and we are going to begin with Pittsburgh and the Rangers. So you got, you got Pittsburgh, whose window is closing probably at the end of this season. Uh, they came out with a, with a triple overtime win in game one. With their third-string goalie. With their third-string goalie. Uh, I mean, you got Crosby, you got Malkin, you got Latang. can't really count them out. And you got the Rangers, you know, this young up and coming team that was built by Jeff Gordon for the most part. Just, you know, putting that out there. Shesterkin um, had what, 80 saves or something like that? In this yeah, game? 70, 70, saves. 70, 79 yeah. saves. 79 yeah, yeah. saves. Yeah. So. And it was only a 4-3 win uh, that the experience I think played out for Pittsburgh in that game, but I think over the long haul, I'm going to give this to the Rangers in seven. Yeah. I got the Rangers in six. I'll say Rangers in six. And I believe that the Rangers should have won that game last night. I, I, I don't think that that uh, goaltender interference was really anything should have been a good goal in my opinion. Um, and uh, yeah, caps off to Shisterk and um, you make 79 saves in your playoff debut. I think you're doing okay. Yeah. He's doing my okay. pick for the heart. My pick for the heart. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, heart and Vesna. Yeah. If I was going to pick anyone over Yossi, it would be Shesterkin. Yeah. And 
I mean, the referees probably saw number 11 on the back of that jersey when they made the goaltender interference call. <laughs> More than likely. So it was automatic. Yeah. That might be Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. <laughs> but as but as but as you alluded to, um, you can never really count guys like Crosby Latang knocking out. No. If no. they come, if they if they come to play, yeah, absolutely. And this, they might give a little bit more knowing that this is probably their last chance. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next series, Boston and Carolina. So Carolina won that first game pretty handily, 5-1. They're up one game to none in the series. They're a very, very good hockey team. They're well-built, well, well-oiled. They got some really good offensive talent. But on the other side, you got Boston. And they've got the perfection line and they've got the experience and their defense is strong. The only question mark for me with Boston is their goaltending. Can the rookie hold up? Same here. Well, Allmark played the first game, so yes. it wasn't Swayman. So I think if Jeremy Swayman plays, I think they play tonight. Am I, am yeah. I correct? And I would, too, yeah. I would expect Swayman to go in net after that 5-1. Swayman game. could make the difference in this series and come in, and if he can win the game and win the series, I think he's the guy to look at for Boston. He's the guy to watch. If uh, he can uh, he can play like he did in the regular season. And I'm only saying this because Freddie Anderson's hurt. Nothing against Ren- Renata, but uh, because they have a solid defense. Carolina's solid right to the goal. Like, they're solid. But I think you're right. I think the perfection line and just the fact that it's Boston, they always find a way to win. Um, if Swayman can be Swayman in the regular season, I'm giving it to Boston in six. If Swayman plays like Allmark did the night before, then it's going to be a sweep for Carolina. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's going to be a sweep. Yeah. Same thing for me. Comes down to goaltending. I thought it was going to be more on the Carolina side with Ranta. Um, being the, being the, being the starter and Anderson, uh, being out with the injury, but if the team plays well in front of them and they have uh, more organizational depth, I believe, uh, Carolina should win this in, uh, in, 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 as you said, if Swayman comes in and plays like he can, they could steal this series, but I'm going to say Carolina in five. Um, yeah, for me, it, it comes down to, can Swayman step in? and provide the goaltending they're missing and can the defense shut down that aho line or at least slow it down because if they can get that line off its game a little bit that would open the door for them so if they can pull off those two things i can see boston winning in seven otherwise this is a carolina series it'll be short one have legend aho former montreal canadian sebastian aho sebastian aho uh, all right, so the next series that we'll get to is Washington and Florida. Now, Washington won that game 4-3. Uh, they're up 1-0 in the series. And it, it, the, the key play came down to Uyghur trying to carry the puck up ice by himself. And Ovechkin with a beautiful defensive play, knocking the puck loose, creating the, off- the, uh, the chance for the breakaway, and they win. So this is a tough one. Florida's got a really good team. They can score. They've got some decent goaltending, but without Ekblad, it's, it's hard to really give them the series. I think he's back tonight. I think so too. But at what percentage is he, is he 80%? I, is he 50? I think Ekblad at 80% is good as anyone on Montreal at hundred percent, but uh... yeah. <laughs> But a, a um, neckline at 50% might not be enough. 
Correct. I think Phil, I think Florida still has all the all the tangibles yeah. to win the series. Uh, Washington really doesn't have the goaltending. I'm sorry, but Samsonov and Vanek or whatever. I think Vanek start is it Vanek? Whatever his name is, I think he started. Did he not? I don't he know. did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they have the experience or the talent to. But it's gonna and it's Ovechkin 100. You got to think of that no. too because so. Mm-hmm. He did make a great play. He did make a defensive play, even though everyone says Ovechkin doesn't play defense. I think he's a solid defenseman or defender when he's back there. Um, you thank Barry Trotz for that. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I have to go with. I still got to go with Florida. I'm going to go with Florida in six. Uh, I still think Florida has. They have the better defense. They have the better offense, and they're they're they not so much they have the better offense, but they're deeper. They're they're uh, they got a deeper offensive side, and I, they have better goaltending. I want to see Florida win because the uh, the Panthers, their fans haven't seen their team win a playoff series since 96. I would really like to see them win one. Um, and, and they've got it. They got a hell of a team. They'd be fun to watch in the second round, but I have a hard time betting against Ovechkin. He, no, I, he just... I, I agree, but uh, he's not a hundred percent. If he was a hundred percent, I'd uh, probably agree with you, but. I, I and traditionally Washington only hits a wall in the second round. So I'm going to, true, true. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say Washington takes this and I think it's going to be a long series, a seven game series. It's going to be hard for Florida to overcome that experience factor, but with Giroux there, that could make a difference. So I'm hoping for Florida, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Washington. I'm going to say Washington as well. I think they're going to come out and, and, and play that play that physical game that they can. I think that uh, goaltending is going to be an issue on Florida's side. And uh, we're going to see maybe a more leaky um, Bobrovsky, who's used to, you know, he's, he's used to playing in front of a powerhouse team. And if the team doesn't play well in front of them or um, the uh, Washington players kind of break down these offensive stars, then you're going to see some of these dirty goals scored by guys like Tom Wilson. And um, we've seen, got, and they've got the experience. I think they've got, I think they've got the, uh, I think they've got the edge. Isn't Wilson hurt? He played. I think he, he, hurt, that, I think he, he hurt, hurt that game. I just don't know if he's going to be back. Yeah. I think he, he left that game. So I don't He'll know. probably be back. But, and they also have Manta. So yeah, yeah Manta, TJ Oshie. They've got, they've got guys that, that can play and, and play big. I'm going to say yeah. uh, Washington six. Spencer Knight's going to do a Ken Dryden steal the whole. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And for me, I kind of want to see, I want to see Florida win in a way because of Huberto, big fan of his. I want to see, you know, Sherratt going there and everything. But at the same time, I'm also looking at an organization that doesn't have a th- uh, first round pick for three, for 22, 23 or 24, because they've traded them all away. And it would so be that, kind of it would be kind of funny for a team to put all their eggs in one basket and get knocked out in the first round. I've seen a team do that before, right? So, a <laughs> couple years in a row. Right, um, so, <laughs> but to that level, I mean, yeah, Dallas Stars. I mean, come on, yeah, but There's everybody, no one else we're every, thinking about here. But everybody went there, right? All the all the big names yeah, signed there, yeah. and uh, yeah, they they they're all in. They're yeah. all in. Yeah, if they're going to do a collapse, I'd rather it be next season. Yeah. And then Huberto says, fuck this. I'm going to Montreal. Yeah. And in this top three pick that Florida just handled, oh, Montreal right. is going to be playing with me. Yeah. 
both of them. Which would be which would be hilarious. <laughs> both of the top five picks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we're down to the last series in the first round. Uh, this is the one I wanted to keep for last because, well, to be honest, it's the one we're going to have the most, most fun with. It is Tampa Bay, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, versus the team that hasn't won a playoff series since HD television was a, was invented, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is this the year the Maple Leafs finally win a playoff series? No. That was quick. No. If, uh, you if, cough that up faster in a 3-1 lead. If uh, <laughs> it's going to really come down to um, the way the refs are going to call this series. These are both. These are two teams that both can, can really give it to you on the power play, and uh, with the way Game One went, I saw a lot of awful calls on both sides, but it was mostly against um, against Tampa. I think that uh, that's the Game One's going to be a hiccup. I think they're going to come out a hell of a lot stronger, especially when they get in the, on, on the home ice. I think they're going to take both those home games, and uh, I'm going to say Tampa in. Uh, I say Tampa in five. I think they're going to win four straight. After after this loss, I'm going to apologize to Alex Hobson and uh, Peter uh, and uh, Offside Hockey and all them guys right now. But uh, I think they woke a bear in Game One with Tampa, especially with all the third period, all the rough stuff. Clifford's hit. Tampa came out flat. They looked like a tired team, like a team who just won, played a lot of hockey the past couple of years. Uh, and John. Cooper, it's John Cooper. Yeah, he's just too good of a coach to, uh, and they have t- too many good players. I mean, Stamkos missing that empty net was just, that's not Stamkos. No. Um, it's not so much that uh, Campbell played well, it's so much that say, uh, Tampa Bay played bad. Um, and I don't think you're going to see that again. I don't think it's going to be five, like Matt says, uh, but I'm going to stick with my prediction and I'm going to go with Tampa in six. Only because once the rough start stuff starts, I think you're going to see Toronto. Uh, plus, uh, Austin Matthews had his big game, so he's done for two games. He's not going to score for another that two is, games because you know, honestly, that is. I'm not making MO. fun of that. That is mo. He'll have game one or two. He'll score three points, not get a point for a couple games. Game five, he'll score two to three points, and then everyone's like, "Oh, he's a point per game playoff guy." Yeah, but he only does it in two games. <laughs> So, and I'm not taking anything away from Matthews. He's a superstar, elite, future Hall of Famer. But Maybe. if you look at his playoff numbers, 35 games, 24 points. Do you know who else played 35 games and got 24 points? Nick Suzuki. <laughs> and which Sorry. one is more steady? Sorry, 24 points. He has one less. Yeah. Um, and, but Suzuki was consistent through his playoffs. Yeah. So, so what do you think? I, I'm going I'm Tampa in six. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I'm watching that game. So Toronto's up one nothing. I agree. The way Toronto went at them was good for Toronto. Toronto mm-hmm. came in gangbusters. They wanted to prove that they can hang with the big dog. And, you know, Simmons was doing his thing, being a shit disturber. Uh, and the Clifford hit, but the Clifford hit crossed the line. He got a mm-hmm. game suspension for it. He clearly hit him from behind in the numbers when there was no need to finish that check. So that I think is what's going to piss off the lightning that and losing five, nothing. Mm-hmm. They That's do not. Yeah. Uh, 
Cooper's already been playing the referees a little bit with his uh, public comments saying, you know, the referees in the playoffs, it's not that they call it different. It's, uh, it's just that, you know, the players play a little tighter and they, they don't take as many penalties, blah, blah, blah. So he's, he's buttering them up. So I would, mm-hmm. I'm going to expect a little bit more going their way in this game and an adjustment in the line. So they had Stamkos and Sorelli as their top two center. I think Braden points can be moved back to center. Stamkos back to the wing where he was the last couple of seasons when they had those deep runs. And we're going to see Corey Perry, Patrick Maroon, uh, Hedman, Cernak, McDonough, even Sergachev. We're going to see a lot of hitting. And that's going to wear down Toronto, who I'm sorry to say they, they've addressed it as somewhat, but they haven't really addressed it enough. They don't have the team toughness. It's not fights. It's, it's that mental toughness. It's that physical ability to withstand. And I don't think they're there yet. So I'm going to give this one to Tampa. I think it'll be about six games, but if it's five, it's five. If Toronto pulls off a miracle and wins this series, good for them. Their fans have been waiting a long time for this to happen. I know James at offside hockey. Their fans deserve it. They do. They really do. Some do. Some of their fans deserve it. All right. The fans that I like deserve it. That's right. The fans I don't like. Fulton Reed, Alex Hobson, Jamie. All you yeah. coach Bob, even coach Bombay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's not go too far. <laughs> I'm just saying. They deserve we love you, coach. Deserve we love you, coach. You high button prick you. <laughs> we know who you really are. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So for them, sure. It'd be great. Uh, for the online trolls, you know, I'm just going to mute you guys. Sorry. So the online sorry. trolls, I'm just going to say this. If you don't win the cup, does it matter? Because that's what you say to us. <laughs> you didn't win the cup, so it doesn't matter. You're just the first loser. Yeah. Which is what but, people who haven't seen a playoff series win would say. Yeah. If Toronto did pull off this series win, it would be huge for them and the fan base. If they don't, and Tampa does win, as I expect they will. There's going to be a lot of movement. Oh, yeah. We're going to see all kinds of fires downtown. And there's going to be a bunch of people leaving town. which would then make TSN, I don't know, how much, how upset do you think TSN and Sportsnet will be? Well, look how excited they are when they score. Mm. Yeah. All you got to hear about is what went wrong in Toronto. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I, that, that covers every, uh, the, uh, the playoffs, the first round. You have all our predictions. Um, we are in our summer mode now. Matt, this is our farewell episode to you for a while. Yeah. Because you, you're taking off on Friday. I am. I am. We have to go play in the sandbox for six months. So I'll try not to bring back too many, uh, you know, camel spiders and that kind of stuff with me. <laughs> I did have one crawl up my leg the last time I deployed. So but they're not as the... big as people think, are they? They're bigger. Uh, this one was still pretty good size. Was it? <laughs> Yeah, the size of a yeah. small cat. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I you know That's I uh, I uh, so you know to all the listeners, uh, you know, thanks so much for uh, for uh, you know choosing us as one of your um, providers for uh, Habs news. I'm going to still try to get on the show as uh, often as possible. 
will be bringing some of my equipment with me. And, and if, if I have the opportunity to uh, run and do a show with these guys at any time, I definitely will. And uh, doing my damnedest to try to, to make it so uh, I can take my vacation from the desert right around the time of the draft. So I'll be able to attend the draft party at McLean's, meet some of you guys. And, uh, you know, finally for uh, the three of us to finally get back together since the first time, uh, first time since Dallas. Right. So yeah. back in 2018. So it's been a long time. And the, you, rem- the, you barely remember Dallas, but it was a exactly, good time. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, still, still running from me. Yeah. <laughs> still running. Yeah. So yeah, I, wish, I wish you guys all the best uh, while I'm away. And uh, I know obviously Treg, you're moving to Ottawa soon. And mm-hmm. uh, Blaine, you're always fucking doing something at work. So. <laughs> you know how hard it is to avoid work? There's more work he's, avoiding work. He's always hiding doing work is what he's doing. Yeah, He's that guy that carries the clipboard around the ship pretending he's doing something. Don't need to anymore. <laughs> just gonna close the door to the office that's right <laughs> i got my own desk now uh, matt, uh so matt we're gonna we're gonna miss you when you're gone and we hope to god you do make it to the draft because it so would too. be a great weekend absolutely uh treg do you have anything uh i start my course uh next week it's gonna be at home for a week but then i'll be in saint jean sur richelieu for two weeks and the weekend of the 28th and 29th if anyone wants to uh meet up at the old mclean's pub uh i'll probably be there one or two of those nights well this sounds like fun Ooh, could be i'm not on my i'm not on my prep for my thing so i can go a little bit wild fair fair um I'd like to point out that today is the 4th of May and 112 years ago today, uh, Wilfrid Laurier passed the Naval Services Act in creating the Royal Canadian Navy. So happy birthday to the Navy. Um, I mean, between Treg and I, we've done what about three decades of shenanigans that may or may not have helped uh, the stereotypes be proven true. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I thought I really thought you're going to go with the Star Wars thing there, but yeah, Happy Birthday nah. to the Navy. <laughs> now I'm not into I'm not into uh, that Lord of the Rings stuff. You know, watching Ch- Chewbacca throw the ring in there and then tell Gandalf, you know, hey, I'll meet you at the the Wizard Den or whatever it is. I don't know the Sorting Hat tells him where to go. I have no idea. No idea. You're talking about, I thought you were talking about the Navy being a fairy tale. <laughs> well, it, it is to the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I got to work? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And for me, I'm still on my, I'm still on a course right now. I, I mean, I don't want to make anyone jealous, but uh, I mean, I spent my day today all day prior to prepping for this. Um, breaking down mentorship as a system thinking objective and uh breaking down its impacts on personnel and institutions you are a terrible mentor what are you talking about almost nobody that i've mentored has ended up in prison just dead (laughs) well it's better than my mentors the first chief i had i walked into the uh the, the engineering school and he says you know what you're not really a sailor until you've spent time in prison so enjoy your first port visit, son. Just say I'm a real sailor now. 
<laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, our last episode, there was a little bit of a hiccup with uh, the Anchor app. So people had a hard time clicking on the show for a bit. That's now taken care of. So feel free to go back and listen to the last episode. Uh, and again, thank you for interacting with us and being part of this. This has been, a, despite the shitty season that we had, it was still fun because we were all able to find some humor in the year and interact with you guys. So hopefully we see you at the draft. And if we don't, I hope we get a message from you. And in, until then, remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.